0: Welcome to another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yalbron, lead pastor of One Community Church located in El Dorado, Arkansas. For information about the ministry of Pastor Jason or One Community Church, please visit our website at occeldorado.com. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching One Community Church, El Dorado. Y'all in Luke chapter 11? Okay. I'm using my phone because I see better. (laughs) I'm admitting I'm getting older. The light or something reflects, and uh, I can see it better than I can the pages, so I'm going to use my phone here. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 5. And Luke, I don't want to hear any jokes about that afterwards. My son, Luke. Luke gives me a hard time about getting old, so. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 5. Then Jesus said to him, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are in bed. Now, these are the words of Jesus. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because, friend, because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. Now, this is NIV version, but notice that. Your shameless audacity. He will surely get up and give you as much as you what? As you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be what? Seek and you will... Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, what happens? The one who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of your fathers, if your son asks, this is verse 11, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Even if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I kind of want to go under this heading tonight, Three Commands Jesus Gave Concerning Effective Prayer. Let me say that again, Three Commands Jesus Gave Concerning Effective Prayer. Write this down if you're a note taker. Prayer is a gateway to receive answers. Prayer is a gateway to receive answers. Jesus again said, Ask and you will receive. Seek and keep seeking. Seek and keep seeking. Ask and keep asking. Knock and keep knocking. Can I hear an amen? I call it persistence in your faith. How persistent are you? Did y'all see that? That shameless audacity. Just to keep asking, just to keep believing, just to keep seeking. When I grew up, my dad um, used to call me a horsefly. He said, "You're like a horsefly. You you just warped me to death." And the reason was is I would just I didn't mind asking Dad for anything. You know, I would just I had I just wasn't wasn't you know shameful about it. If I wanted something, I asked for it, and I would keep asking and keep asking and keep asking and. I would ward him to death. And my brother one time said, you know, this was later in years, my brother said to my mom or someone, he said, Jason gets everything he prays for. (laughs) And the reason for that is, is because I've never mind asking. In fact, most people ask small, I ask big. When I pray, I don't pray little prayers. I pray big prayers, like not big in verbiage, but I ask God for big things because I believe I serve a big God. And I want to know, I got a question tonight. When did we stop believing that God was big? And when and where, and how does it happen? Like, I don't understand, like, how does it happen, and how does it get in a culture of a church where we forget that we serve the God of the impossible? And what is impossible for us is possible with God. And we got to get that back in the church. I don't know how we do it. I don't know how it happens. I'm praying about that. But we've got to get that back when we say, hey, you know what? When I pray, something happens. It's a gateway to receiving answers. So I pray big prayers, bold prayers, audacious prayers. And so I just believe in that. I believe in asking God for big things. Can I hear an amen? Here's something good. You're never straining God to ask. Here's a question. What does it hurt to ask? Why be afraid to ask? Just rear back and ask God. Say, God, here's a big thing, but I believe you're a big God, and then I believe that my prayers are going to be answered. Did y'all realize that he paves heaven's streets with gold? Like, there's no deficit in heaven. They're not having inflation trouble in heaven. He paves, literally, he paves the streets with gold. Now, Brother Ray here, he he drives a dump truck, and they mostly haul asphalt, am I right? Can you imagine hauling a dump truck full of gold and paving the streets with gold? (laughs) Could you imagine that? I was talking to, this was a few years ago, we were talking to the city council, about paving the street there in front of the church. And, of course, they were saying there's the new road. You know, they're redoing the Hillsboro and all that kind of stuff. And they said, really, we can't do anything until they pave Hillsboro and do that new renovation to Hillsboro. And they said, Jason, do you realize to pave from that red light to your parking lot, it would be like 200 and something thousand dollars just to go from the red light to our parking lot. And I thought, dear Lord, maybe asphalt's made of gold, Brother Ray. I don't know. But y'all, y'all see that. Like, God paves this history. Can you think, imagine that? Gold. Gold. And yet, we act like there's a deficit or we are ashamed or afraid to ask God for big things. We have to ask God for big things. When you engage in prayer, you're invoking the help of someone that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. If... If you can do it, why pray about it? So in other words, if it's in our capability to do it, why are we even praying? Just go do it. But why do we pray? Because we need supernatural help to accomplish something that we cannot accomplish on our own. Is that right? Okay. So I want to give you these three things tonight. I have three points concerning prayer And I'm going to give you number one, but before I give it to you, I want to go to two places. So if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 14, John 14, and when you get there, say amen. John chapter 14, hold your place because we're going to go one more place here in John. John 14, now go to verse 12. You all there? John 14, verse 12. Verily, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They will do even greater things than these. Now think about all these. Think about what Jesus did. He healed blinded eyes. He raised people from the dead. He did all kinds of things. And he says they will do greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my what? Now, this is Jesus talking, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, verse 14. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, turn a few pages over to John chapter 16. John chapter 16, and we'll just look at one verse here, verse 23. Jesus again speaking, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Verily, truly, I tell you, my Father will give whatever you ask in my what? So let me read that again. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Verily, truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. So here's point number one if you're taking notes. If you're going to pray effective prayers, number one, you have to pray in the name of Jesus. If you're going to pray effective prayers, you have to pray in the name of Jesus. Write this down if you're a note taker. We pray through the name of Jesus to the Father. We pray through the name of Jesus to the Father. In the Old Testament, they couldn't do that. When Adam and Eve sinned, We lost access, but because of Jesus, we gained back our access. When Jesus died, the veil was torn in two and we gained back access to the Father, but it's through Jesus. Amen? In the Old Testament, they would cry out for mercy, but that was it. Now, God raised up prophets and and priests and, and those people would do the intercession for the people. Uh, They were a go between, but the people themselves, all they could do was just cry for mercy. But aren't you glad that Jesus came and made it available that we can now pray and we have access to the Father? So I go to the Father in the name of Jesus. If you're going to have an effective prayer life, you have to realize I'm not talking, uh, or I'm talking to God the Father, and my access card or my key fob is the name of Jesus and it grants me access to the Father but the key fob is the name of Jesus Okay does that make sense at the church we have you know a key fob this is the key fob that gets me in the church and so I walk up there and I go beep and I'll just walk in the door Why well, I have a key fob. And it, it's my access into the building or into the offices or wherever I'm going. Those key, that, that lock on there is a magnet. And I forget the force that that magnet has, the force it would take to open it. But when this key fob goes across it, beep, it unlocks. It, it, it unleashes that mechanism. And that magnet un, un, releases. And when it releases, we're able to walk in. That's Jesus. When we go to the Father in the name of Jesus, it is the key fob. It is the access card. It is the way we go into the Father's presence is through the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen. You know, I get people uh, all the time, you know, just call in the church and, and uh, they're wanting access to me. You know, they want to go lunch with me or they have a different organization or there's something they want to Uh, me to help them with and most of the time they want my influence they want me to use my influence to help them and so you get a lot of that right and and so people call the church office and you know they want to talk to me and all this kind of stuff well you know a lot of times I can't answer all the phone calls and all the things that come in on a weekly basis and I try to I try to follow up I try to do those things but sometimes it's kind of hard because you get a lot of people wanting your time but if somebody calls the church and they say, I know your son Luke, and Luke told me to talk to you. Now they've got my attention. Does that make sense? And I'm not, I'm not God, and Luke is not Jesus. But I can say this, Luke always has access to his dad. And he always will. Do you all see that? It's the same with God the Father and God the Son. When you use the name of Jesus, it is the key fob. It is the access into the Father. So I say the name of Jesus. So, you know, we're praying to the Father, but we're praying through the name of Jesus. That's why we follow up our prayers and we say in the name of Jesus. So we're not praying this under our own authority, but we're using His authority, which is the access point. Does that make sense? The name of Jesus is a powerful, powerful name. In fact, that name carries so much power. Did you know this? It's illegal to say the name of Jesus in some countries. That name is so powerful. They don't even want to hear the name of Jesus mentioned in a lot of nations because they're scared of that name Jesus because it carries so much weight and so much power. Can we just thank Him right now? Father, I thank You for the name of Jesus. I thank you that it is our access point. It is the key fob that gets us into the presence of God. We're thankful for the name of Jesus. What a powerful name, the name of Jesus. And somebody say amen to that. So the good news is tonight I'm not preaching long, so that's good. (laughs) Here's number two. Let me give you the second point tonight on effective prayer. Go in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Luke 11, and look at verse 2. Luke 11, verse 2. This will be point number 2. Verse 2 said, Jesus said to them, When you pray, say, and then of course we know this is the Lord's Prayer, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. We know all of that but I want to focus on verse 2. He said to them, When you pray, say. Everybody say that with me. When you pray, say. Come on, everybody say it again. Say. So here's number two. This is point number two. Prayer is vocal communication with God. Prayer is vocal communication with God. I've heard Christians say this for years. Well, God knows my heart. You know, it's like automatically God just knows what I'm thinking, so why in the world should I even have to voice it? No, listen to me. Prayer is communication. It is vocal communication to God. So I am when I pray, Jesus said, say. So I'm saying it out of my mouth. I am communicating with Him. Does that make sense? Well, God just knows my heart. Did you know that's that's really not scripture? God searches our heart. He, you know, he looks through our heart. But God is wanting us to make a verbal commitment with Him, a vocal commitment with Him. You go some places and and you say pray, and it's just like dead silence. It's like what are we doing yoga or something? Like I don't I don't know. It's like just meditation. Like nobody says a thing. It's just quiet. And, and when you say pray, no noise whatsoever. No, no, that's not, that's not right. When you pray, you say prayer is talking to God. It's not just the, the person with the microphone like me tonight up on the platform. So when we say from the platform pray, then we all start talking to God. Does that make sense? Especially in a church setting, I'm going to say 80 plus percent of the time, when we say pray, now is there a part of prayer and prayers communication? And there is a part of prayer where we listen But I'm going to say 80 plus percent of the time when we're in church and we say pray, that means vocal communication. That's just not me praying. That's you praying. That means we're all coming into agreement together and my mouth is moving and I am praying and I am praying out loud and I am speaking out loud to the Lord. Does that make sense? So prayer is vocal. When you pray, what? Say. When you pray, say. You speak and it, sh- and it should be spoken from your heart. And I think when it's spoken from your heart, when you pray, it should be done with passion. It should be done boldly and it should be done with faith. Passion, boldly, and with faith. The Bible says we come boldly to the throne room of faith. Is that right? We're not ashamed to ask. We're not afraid to ask. So there's all kinds of prayers. There's prayers of faith. There's prayers of intercession. There's prayer of supplication. There is relational prayer. There is worship slash prayer. There is a blend of worship and prayer. But know this, all prayer is vocal. All prayer is vocal. You can't pray, praise, or worship with your mouth shut. It's just not going to happen. You pray with your mouth moving and your mouth open, right? And you're communicating with God. Did you know God likes noise when it comes to Him? God likes noise. God didn't make a quiet earth and then the devil invented an electric guitar. No, God likes noise. God likes singing. Now I know there's a place and you know, music in church can be too loud sometimes and in our church we're constantly you know, got a decimal meter going out making sure it's not too loud and I don't believe it should hurt people's ears but worship and praise should be loud. It shouldn't. You know, affect your ears and your hearing, but it should be loud. Why? It's expressive, and you're worshiping God. God is God likes it when we're loud and we're vocal and we're bold and we communicate with Him. He likes that. Can I hear an amen? So when you pray, say. Everybody take notes because at the end we got a quiz. All right. So here's point number three. Are y'all ready? Anybody getting anything out of this? Okay, here's number three. Let's go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. This is point number three. Y'all won't like this point because I didn't. (laughs) But here it is. I'm going to give it to you anyway. Mark 11, verses 22 through 25. says, have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, anyone who says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Did y'all catch that? Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received and it will be yours. Verse 25 is point number three. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone... (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Everybody say, anything and anyone. For what? Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Watch this. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, is anyone anyone? <laughs> yes, it's, it's anyone. That's exactly what it's. You don't need Greek interpretation of that. Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. So here's point number three when you pray, make sure you forgive. When you pray, Make sure you forgive. This is how you have an effective prayer life. If you don't forgive, it will yank around your prayer life and it will mess you up if you don't forgive. Watch my words. It will yank you around and it will mess up your prayer life if you don't forgive. Now, those are strong words, and it's not my words. It's the words of the Bible. If you don't forgive, the Father won't forgive you. Think about that. One of the most challenging things as a Christian is walking in love. One of the most challenging things as a believer is walking in love. The Bible says when bitterness comes in, it opens the door to every evil thing. When bitterness comes in, it opens the door to every evil thing. I've watched this happen over the years I've seen this I've witnessed this and I want to tell you something else about bitterness and unforgiveness it spreads through a family like wildfire it's generational when you don't forgive when you hold bitterness it goes from one generation to the next generation and if you don't believe that look at racism in America bitter, angry, mad and don't even know why because it's passed down. And I've watched this infiltrate families over the years, mad, mean, and bitter. And guys, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. And that's why when Jesus said here, it's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, if you want an effective prayer life, you've got to learn to forgive. And, and what's, I'm not just saying words to be saying them. Listen to my words. It will yank you around. It will yank your prayer life around if you don't forgive. Amen? Now, I'm just sitting right here because the Lord said land right here. So I'm just landing for a minute. It will mess you up. I watched this. Um, Can I take that a step further? Bitterness makes people sick. Unforgiveness will literally affect you physically. It'll make you sick. I've seen this. I've, I've watched this happen in people's lives, men and women. You'll see it. People that are constantly sick, constantly have something wrong with them, constantly needing something, a lot of times it stems from bitterness and forgiveness. Not all the time, but a lot of the time it's because they're bitter and they're mad. And because of that, they're sick all the time. they got ailments all the time. And I can, I'm not just saying this from a biblical standpoint. Alicia and I, we could talk about this together as counselors this is a psychological thing, too. And you're, you're nodding your head, and that's why I'm saying this. Because when you counsel with people, you, you realize that a lot of stuff stems because they've never forgiven. And it eats at you. It's, wor- it's as worse as cancer. And it just eats you alive when you don't forgive. And that's why Jesus said, when you stand praying, when you're praying, you better make sure that you're forgiving people. And, guys, these are strong words from Jesus. God is like, I forgave you, and I expect you to forgive other people. Sin, write this down, sin and unforgiveness will rob you of your intimacy in prayer. Sin and unforgiveness will rob you of your intimacy in prayer. It's like layers. You know, we use this terminology a lot, but it's like peeling back an onion. And there's layer upon layer upon layer, and what it does is it puts layers between you and God and your prayers when there's, when there's not, when not forgiveness there, it puts a barrier between you and God. Now, is God always there? Yes. But sometimes our ears are not there because the layers, so many layers that the Holy Spirit's got to work through to get to our ears. Does that make sense to anybody? And He's always there. We're not always there because we have built layer upon layer upon layer of unforgiveness and bitterness and envy and all this junk, don't carry this a step further. It robs you of dominion. It robs you of dominion. I will be honest. Can I be honest with you guys tonight? Would that be okay? I don't know how to preach any other way. So I'm going to be honest as I possibly can. I'm going to be as authentic and real as I can and gen- as genuine as I can. And I'll always try to do that when I stand at this place, in this, at this pulpit, or any pulpit I stand at. But I want to just be completely honest with you tonight. It is my least favorite thing to do as a Christian. My least favorite thing to do as a Christian is to forgive. I don't like it, and you don't like it. <laughs> I love preaching the Gospel. I love winning people to Christ. I love baptizing people in water and next weekend I'm going to baptize a bunch of them. But I don't like forgiving people. I do it, but I don't like it. But you know what I don't like any more than I don't like that? I don't like bitterness. Bitter people, I want to say this again, bitter people get sick. Bitter people get sick. Forgiveness and forgiving doesn't help them, but it helps you. All right. Can we be more real tonight? You're like, I hope you don't get any more real than that. Somebody thought it was so good they snorted. That was good. <laughs> you know what? That's you, Jason? <laughs> you know what's coming this week? What's happening on Thursday? And who do we see at Thanksgiving? Uh-oh. You mean we have to see them? Yeah. Let me ask them, let me say it like this. If, if your heart skips a beat at their very presence when they walk in a room, you hadn't forgave them yet. Think about that. If it bothers you that bad to watch that person walk in a room and to be in the same room with somebody, if it makes your blood boil, you need to think about that. I got some weird faces looking at me. Janice is going, No. So I'm going to end like this, because I better end because I don't got to meddling. So... I don't know if it's what I do or what. I've, I've been a pastor in small town USA for a long time. And um, when you're a pastor in a small town, uh, it's not if, it's when you see somebody. You're going to run into them at Walmart? You're going to run into them somewhere? Amen. And don't try to go to Camden to Walmart. Because you don't want to go to El Dorado because you'll see somebody you don't like. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Man, I'm preaching good because it's getting quieter and quieter and quieter in here. And that's normally a good sign. But I'll tell you, I don't know what it is. I, I have, God has forced me to be comfortable in my own skin. He has got me to the place where I am so comfortable in who I am in front of people I know don't like me. Now, I'm not saying it never bothers me, but I am saying I have gotten very comfortable in my skin. Why? Because I know who God's made me to be. And you know what? I love people, and I forgive them. They can talk about me, call me the names, whatever they want to call me. And you know what? It's not if. It's when I see them, and I will see them. And when I see them, you know what I do? I see them in restaurants all the time. see people all the time that I know just, you know, maybe they don't really like me or whatever the case may be. And you know what I do? I did it the other day, and I thought a guy was going to jump out of his skin. But I just walked over to him. He's in a restaurant. And I didn't avoid him. I didn't avoid him. I hit it straight on. I saw him. I went straight to him. And he didn't know I was behind him, and I put my hands on his shoulders. And when he looked up and saw me, I thought his skin was going to come off. And people were at the table. Why? I confronted the elephant in the room. And you may not like me, but I like you. And I love you, and I'm praying for you, and I forgave you a long time ago. I'm pointing at him, but I love this guy. But I forgave you a long, long time ago. Does that make sense? Because I, I don't want to do what I do. I don't, wanna, I don't want to go to my, I got to pray every, I pray all the time, like I got to have it. And I can't afford for things to hinder my prayers. I just can't. I'm, I got too many big moving parts happening for me to hold unforgiveness. And I'm not saying I never do, but I'm saying I work hard at getting that stuff out of me. I work hard at it. I'll tell you this, I work so hard at it that I go see people that I can talk to about the things in my heart. The Bible says, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. I go to people, trusted people that I love in my life and at least once a month, minimum of once a month, I go to somebody that I trust, a pastor or somebody that I know, that I love, that I know I can confide in and I say, brother or sister, I do not want this in my heart and here's what's going on and here's what's happened. Would you please help me unpack this? And every time, God uses them to help me. Why? I can't afford it. I just can't afford it. I don't need anything between me and God. Does that make sense? So are you all ready for a pop quiz? All right, I want answers now, okay? So I want you all to talk. I want, I want verbal communication here. Are you all ready? Point number one, go to the Father in whose name? Jesus. Whose name? So we're praying to the Father, but we're praying through Jesus. Point number two, when you pray. Come on, do it again. When you pray. And then point number three, when you pray. Forgive. forgive. Are you all ready to pray? Are you sure you're ready? Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week for another encouraging message from Pastor Jason Yarbrough and One Community Church of El Dorado.